Hello and welcome to episode 635 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Monday, August 28th, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Monday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain holy perseverance by St. Alphonsus Liguri. O Queen of Heaven, I, who was once a miserable slave of Lucifer, now dedicate myself to thee, to be thy servant forever. I offer myself to honor thee and serve thee during my whole life. Do thou accept me and refuse me not, as I should deserve. O my mother, in thee have I placed all my hopes. From thee do I expect every grace. I bless and thank God, who in his mercy has given me this confidence in thee, which I consider a pledge of my salvation. Alas, miserable wretch that I am, I have hitherto fallen, because I have not had recourse to thee. I now hope that, through the merits of Jesus Christ in thy prayers, I have obtained pardon. But I may again lose divine grace. The danger is not past. My enemies do not sleep. How many new temptations have I still to conquer? Ah, my most sweet lady, protect me, and permit me not again to become their slave. Help me at all times. I know that thou wilt help me, and that with thy help I shall conquer if I recommend myself to thee. But this is what I fear. I fear that in time of danger, I may neglect to call upon thee and thus be lost. I ask thee then for this grace. Obtain that in the assaults of hell, I may always have recourse to thee, saying, Mary, help me. My mother, permit me not to lose my God. Today, friends, we're going to head on back to the Fatima Center's website located at Fatima.org with an article by Mr. Matthew Pleasy, which was published on August 24th of this year, so just a few days ago. It's entitled, The Types of Papal Documents and Weight of Each. I think this is a very important subject for several reasons, but most importantly, ever since Vatican I, which defined papal infallibility, there has been an increasing problem as the decades roll by. And it's something that St. John Henry Cardinal Newman was wary of, while of course being in firm fidelity to all the teachings of Holy Mother Church, all the doctrines and the dogmas of the faith. And of, of course he supported papal infallibility. But his worry was people would go too far and, in a sense, start thinking the Pope is impeccable as opposed to being infallible. And this is kind of now what we have, where every utterance that the Pope makes on an airplane talking to reporters or every interview he gives with uh, a guy who is an atheist that every single thing that comes out of his mouth has to be believed with divine and Catholic faith by all the faithful. That is absurd. That's completely and utterly false. So we need to understand this issue succinctly because it's very important. And too many Catholics in this era, when many of us aren't properly catechized, don't know how important this is and just assume, well, if the Pope says it, it must be true and I just have to agree with every single thing the Pope says. 
That's definitely not the case. Once again, the title is The Types of Papal Documents and Weight of Each. Mr. Pleasy begins by saying, Many non-Catholics falsely believe that everything the Pope states, even orally, is infallible. It should be obvious that this is not the case. Think the February 18, 2016 in-flight press conference on the papal plane in which the use of contraceptives was purported to be acceptable in difficult situations. Many Catholics, likewise, falsely believe that everything the Pope writes is preserved from error and must need be followed. This, too, is not the case, and a hyperlink is given for more information. It is worth reflecting on the different types of papal documents that exist and the magisterial weight of each. Different types of papal documents. Encyclicals. An encyclical is one of the most common types of papal documents. It is a letter sent by the Pope to the bishops of the church and through them to the faithful and sometimes even to all people. Encyclicals usually address doctrinal, moral, or social issues and provide guidance and teaching on matters of faith and morals. They are meant to be read and studied by the faithful to gain a deeper understanding of the church's stance on particular topics. Apostolic Constitutions. An apostolic constitution is a high-level papal document that typically deals with matters related to the governance and structure of the church. It can establish or modify laws, regulations, or institutions within the church. Apostolic constitutions are considered to have a higher level of authority than most other types of papal documents. Motu proprios. The Latin term motu proprio means on his own initiative. A motu proprio is a document issued directly by the Pope on his own initiative without any external prompting. These documents are often used to address specific administrative or disciplinary matters within the church. Motu proprios can also be used to modify certain aspects of canon law or establish new norms. Bulls. A bull is a papal document that is traditionally sealed with a circular leaden or wax seal known as a bulla. Bulls are used for various purposes, including the establishment of new dioceses, canonizations of saints, granting of privileges to individuals or institutions, and other significant administrative actions. Apostolic letters. Apostolic letters are personal letters issued by the Pope to individuals, groups, or institutions. While they may not have the same level of authority as encyclicals or apostolic constitutions, they still carry significant weight and often address important pastoral or administrative matters. Apostolic exhortations. An apostolic exhortation is a document that encourages the faithful to live out their faith more fully or address specific pastoral challenges. While they are not considered to be as authoritative as encyclicals or apostolic constitutions, they serve as important guides for the faithful and their spiritual lives. Each of these papal documents plays a crucial role in the communication and governance of the Catholic Church, and they are issued based on the particular context and needs of the Church and its members. Which papal documents are infallible? It is important to remember that no church document is automatically considered to have the highest possible magisterial weight just because it was issued by the Pope. In fact, infallibility is not automatically associated with any of the above types of documents. As a reminder, the dogma of papal infallibility asserts that the Holy Father, when speaking ex cathedra, literally from the chair of Peter, 
is preserved from error by the Holy Ghost. The solemn manner of speaking is not tied to any particular vehicle of dissemination. Rather, blessed Pope Pius IX, in his solemn definition of the Catholic dogma of papal infallibility in 1870 during the First Vatican Council, explained that an ex-cathedra pronouncement has four internal characteristics. The Roman pontiff speaks ex-cathedra when acting in the office of shepherd and teacher of all Christians, he defines, by virtue of his supreme apostolic authority, doctrine concerning faith or morals to be held by the universal church. Necessary conditions. We could list those four characteristics of an infallible ex-cathedra papal teaching in the following way. The Pope must be exercising his role as the supreme ruler, teacher, and judge of the universal church, not simply as a private theologian or even as the head of a Roman congregation or tribunal. There are formulas the Pope uses to clearly express this, including phrases such as, by our authority as teacher of all Christians, by the authority of Christ, or by the authority of St. Peter and St. Paul. The Pope must be pronouncing on a matter of faith or morals, not on practical or disciplinary matters. No guessing or debate is needed to know if this criteria has been met. The Pope himself must state this is a matter of faith, doctrine, or morals, if he wants it to be accepted as infallible teaching. The Pope must make clear a, vol a voluntas definiendi, his intention to define a doctrine. Catholics are obligated to assent to infallible teaching. Therefore, the specific doctrine, which requires assent, must be clearly defined. If there is no definition given, then it is not possible for infallibility to apply. The Pope must make clear that all Catholics throughout the world and for all future ages are bound in conscience to this teaching. If the Pope gives a doctrine or rule only to bishops or only to Italians, then it is not universal and can't have infallible authority. A fifth condition, which many people fail to mention, is that the Pope is not permitted to invent a new or novel doctrine with infallible power. Vatican I clearly states, for the Holy Spirit was promised to the successors of Peter, not so that they might by his revelation make known some new doctrine, but that by his assistance they might religiously guard and faithfully expound the revelation or deposit of faith transmitted by the apostles. Therefore, when the Pope issues an infallible teaching, he also goes through great lengths to show how that teaching is contained in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. Examples of infallibility. Infallible pronouncements by the Pope are extremely rare. The most well-known instances in recent times were the definition of the dogma of the Immaculate Conception and the dogma of the Assumption of Our Lady in 1854 and 1950, respectively. If you read these documents, you will see what effort the popes made to show how these two teachings are from divine revelation and found in both scripture and tradition. The dogma of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary was defined through an apostolic constitution. The document that defined this dogma is called Ineffabilis Deus, and it was issued by Pope Pius IX on December 8, 1854. In this apostolic constitution, Pope Pius IX declared and defined as a dogma that the Blessed Virgin Mary, by a singular privilege granted her by God, was preserved from any stain of original sin from the first moment of her conception in the womb of St. Anne. 
The dogma of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary was also defined through an apostolic constitution. The document that defined this dogma is called Munifentissimus Deus, and it was promulgated by Pope Pius XII on November 1, 1950. In this apostolic constitution, Pope Pius XII proclaimed the dogma of the Assumption, which states that the Blessed Virgin Mary at the end of her earthly life was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. But these examples do not mean that all apostolic constitutions are infallible. An example of an apostolic constitution that did not define anything infallible is the apostolic constitution Veterum Sapientia. It was promulgated on February 22, 1962, and it addresses the importance and need for preservation of Latin as the language of the Catholic Church's liturgy, theology, and educational institutions. In Viterum Sapientia, Pope John XXIII emphasized the enduring value and rich tradition of Latin within the Church. While the document is authoritative and reflects the Pope's teaching on the subject, it does not involve a definitive definition of a dogma or a statement of infallible doctrine. Instead, it falls under the category of pastoral teaching and encouragement regarding the use of Latin in the life of the Church. Conclusion Encyclicals, apostolic constitutions, motu proprios, and other papal documents are not automatically infallible. Their authority varies based on the level of teaching and the manner in which they are promulgated. It is possible for them to contain error, and finding errors in such a document should never scandalize to doubting any point of infallible Catholic dogma. Infallibility is a special and restricted aspect of the Pope's extraordinary magisterium within the broader context of his teaching role in the Church. We should nevertheless spend time reading and studying the traditional documents issued by Popes in the past before the doctrinal uncertainty that emerged full force in the mid-1960s. And once again, friends, I highly recommend studying traditional catechisms like the Baltimore Catechism, the Catechism of Pope St. Pius X, the Roman Catechism or the Catechism of the Council of Trent, traditional Bibles, the Douay-Rheims version, or the Revised Standard Version, Second Catholic Edition. Very important to study the faith as it was understood prior to the revolution that began in the church in the 1950s and 60s. There's a lot of bad catechesis, evangelization, and apologetics out there. We need to get back to traditional sources. We need to get back to what worked. The faith was handed on steadily from generation to generation. And that broke down in the mid-20th century. We need to get back to tradition. Let's conclude, friends, by once again mentioning Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo soma.org. Also tune into episodes 277 and 548. The subject of those podcasts being RPM, an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers, just as sign language has been a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf. So RPM, sometimes called spelling to communicate or typing to talk, has been a revolutionary breakthrough for non-speakers. 
Imagine, friends, how frustrated you would be if you couldn't tell your family what you wanted for dinner, let alone what your hopes and dreams are. That was a situation my niece was in until she was about eight years old. Now, because of RPM, the grace of Almighty God, we know that she's a comprehensive genius who can compose music, who's skilled in mathematics. She even knows foreign languages. Her IQ, although never formally tested, must be off the charts. How many thousands, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, or even millions of people around the world are in the same situation? Communication is a human right. We need to get this information out to the family and friends of non-speakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Please tune in again next time. Goodbye and God love you.